We are back, and we have another album that we're going to be talking about today, but we'll get to that in a moment, uh, assuming I'm recording, and I am. Thank goodness. Ooh. Good. Oh, that's good. <laughs> good. That's good. Sometimes uh, I, I had a, a drink that was obstructing my view. I needed to make sure that it was all good on that end. Um, yeah, move your Kool-Aid out of the way, Lance. <laughs> oh, yeah. How did, uh, how did the Kool-Aid man talk? I forget. Oh, yeah. That's better. Thank mm-hmm. you. He's better at voices. That's why I had him be Batman in a commercial. He did a you good job. You didn't even ask me. <laughs> For some Rude. reason. You want to have a Batman off? <laughs> Let me work on it. We'll do it next week. <laughs> you, if the next one has Catwoman in it, we'll bring you in. I feel like you could do a good Eartha kit. I don't know why you're casting me female. I don't know why either. Why do you put me in a box? Could be Robin. Right. Literally. Because you have one. But I'm Ayo. whoa. Welcome to album. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, On this show, we talk about my body. <laughs> apparently, sometimes. <I> my bad. <laughs> uh, I take it back? No, I don't. No, don't. It's a safe space. Um, and then we take that space and push it out <laughs> onto everyone's internet. We're about body positivity over That's here. Right. We are. That's right. And I feel more positive about mine when I work out. That's all I'm saying. I That's feel just positive me. about the parts of my body we talk about on this That's podcast. Good. That's good. <laughs> So if you remember last episode of Album Monder, I brought up that we should discuss Garbage and their album version 2.0. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what did we think just generally? We don't have to get, you know, into the into the bones or anything mm-hmm. like that. Is that a term that people say? Uh, into the meat? The weeds. Into the weeds. The yeah. bones, the meat, and the weeds. Uh, we don't have to go there. Uh, but well, we just, can. But did you enjoy listening to it? Uh, yes. I was glad that I listened to it because this is one of those albums that I feel like a lot of my friends had. Yeah. And I had never listened to it. So I was happy I finally listened to it. Nice. I loves me some garbage. So that was fun. Yeah. Thanks. I was pretty excited to bring up this album. Back in the day, I liked garbage i liked their hits and i think i had listened to the album i never i never owned the album when it was out but i really enjoyed the music videos and the singles that were released and honestly i don't know why i never bought it back then i probably ended up buying the first two albums somewhere around 15 years ago mm-hmm. but not but never did it at the time that they were released but what's been fun for me is that I dove into those pretty hard, but then as time has gone on, I've slowly introduced their other albums um, just into my daily life, like um, Beautiful Garbage, Absolute Garbage. Uh, and and it's, it's just been like, it, it's been a lot of fun because when you do something like that and you do it over time, even though the, the albums have been out there and maybe you've heard a, a single or two here and there, it's it's new to me yeah, and it, it's yeah. just, it's been a lot of fun, but by and large, the bulk of their hits are from the first two albums. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had the pleasure 
of seeing them live with Alanis last year. They were opening for her. And man, one hell of a show. And I don't know if you guys stumbled upon it, but there is a documentary out there. And I don't know where to get the official documentary. I had to find it on YouTube. And I didn't want to spoil things for you, so I didn't send it to you yet. But I'm going to send it to you. And I think that you will love it. And the title of it is Thanks for Your uh, Support. (laughs) That's the title of the documentary. (laughs) But it's I think that they must have filmed it or released it around like 2005, 2006. Okay. But it has a lot of behind the scenes footage. Oh, cool. That they filmed throughout, like basically from the inception and when they first brought Shirley on board and through, I want to say like, uh, I'm not sure what the, what album that would have been. It would have been, um, well, I like, I like uh, music documentaries, so I'll probably watch it yeah. uh, regardless because <clears throat> I watch uh, music documentaries about bands I don't even like, like the Eagles, and they're fantastic. Right. Would have gone through Bleed Like Me. Oh, okay. That, um, and that is an album that I haven't even fully mm-hmm. gotten into, so yeah. I'm pretty excited to yeah. do that. I mean, I did the same thing with... Suzanne Vega back in the day because I just I never really had gotten into her. I just liked a couple of the songs. And so then once I dove in, I went like one album at a time and didn't cheat or anything like that. And just almost like they were being released exclusively to me. Sure. (laughs) And I really enjoyed that. Yeah. We are going to go back to when this album came out. Garbage version 2.0 to 1998. What do you think about 1998, Veronica? I think it was probably a great time in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I I bet that we were a similar age. <laughs> we were probably. I think we've established this before that we're the same age. I think so. we were going into our junior years of high school. Oh, man. That's so weird. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> you remember yeah. being at, at our junior year of high school? Uh, 1998. If you would have turned on the radio, you might have heard something a little like this which i mean was when very I saw you, oh, it's I more talking and music i saw love <laughs> the first time you touched me sam loves it when you speak in a song maybe on the radio it didn't have the speaking part right no it did they probably talked it did? over it oh, oh no yeah. i think they did cut this out for the for the okay. radio version yeah, I think it started in right Looks here when like she started doing the ooh yeah, yeah part. Yeah. Look she loved to talk. She loved to talk in her songs. Well, if Mutt Lang would have told her to stop talking, <laughs> maybe it's because being she, the producer that he was. Maybe it's because she's not that good of a singer. Oh, oh them's fighting words for Shania Twain. So this one was probably one of the biggest hits yeah. in 1998. It was a big one. Also, maybe a little of this. Sam's thinking. Did you get it? Yeah. All right. There it is. Now, I'm not sure. Like, this is just the Billboard Top 100 in 1998 that I'm looking at, that I'm pulling songs from. It doesn't necessarily mean that they were the top ones. Although, if you were going to ask me what song was number one, probably this. Unless I'm remembering wrong. 
I had what? to dance what? to this what? song. The jiggy dance? I don't remember if it you was. You didn't just take it straight from the music video? I don't remember what I took it from, but right. I was very talented at my dancing skills. I believe it. I could do one move. And what was it? You'd have to see it. I'll show you someday <laughs> okay, when I'm very, sounds... very drunk. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. Also, one more. We're just burning through these, man. Man, every every dance. Whew. Wow, is this Let's memories slow flooding it down in? I mean, everyone pretty much thought that these guys sounded like Michael Jackson, right? Uh, no, they 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 did to me. Interesting. You never thought that. Wow. Uh, uh, uh. But yeah, um, all of the dances. I want to stand with you (laughs) on a mountain. I appreciate that. Um, I was going to be done, but I decided we're going to do one more. Yes. Thank you, 1998. I appreciate what you did for us. Also in here, All My Life by Casey Chucho. Oh, my God. That was huge. <laughs> what about the one I showed you? Uh, which one did you show me? Next. Oh, yes. Too Close by Next. Oh, right. Yeah, I remember that one. None of these are anything like the album <laughs> that we're going to talk about. Not, not at all. <laughs> Different genres here. Not at all. That's me... good. That brought back some memories. Yeah. <laughs> I how how hard did you guys dive into uh, researching this album? I made some notes. Excellent. I listened to the album like you know, probably what equated to maybe you know three and a half times. Excellent. Yeah. And Veronica, did you do your typical diving into the lyrics a bit? Can I, I expect did. some well, of that? I did, some I of did that too. dive into yeah. the lyrics a bit. Excellent. Um, I researched on one website that I happened to have up on my screen. So <laughs> I didn't do any fact checking. So we'll see That's what okay. happens. It's okay. Nothing we say has to be truthful. <clears throat> no. Just, you know, entertaining. That's all. Yeah. So we talked about this obviously being 1998. It, the release date was like right at the beginning of the summer. It was like May 11th. So then when this came out, people could just, you know, it was one of those summer albums, which I feel like always leave, like, especially when you're younger or in high school, I feel like always leave this kind of imp- like maybe a deeper imprint on you than, yeah. than other albums do, you know, because mm-hmm. they're those albums you can listen to throughout the summer when you're a kid and you're with your friends and stuff. But you guys want to know about some other, since we talked about some of the singles, do you want to know about some of the albums that were released in the same month that this album was released? I would love yes. to know that. Okay. Uh, cause I made a list. So along the lines of Shania Twain, we have Leanne rhymes sitting oh. on top of the world was the name of the album. This album was unique because she did a cover of purple rain hmm. on the album. Yes. I don't remember. How that. do I not know that? I didn't know it either. <laughs> this was like brand new to me. Hmm. I, I couldn't wow. believe it. And I didn't listen to it because I was afraid of what I might hear. 
Yeah. So I skipped and that. You were go. afraid that you would love it. <laughs> yeah, right. Pull it up. Let's do it. It's probably the best version of Purple Rain ever. Anyway, there's also Hanson's Three Car Garage. Okay. The indie recording. I'm pretty sure my wife so has that. So that was like a prequel like uh, album because I think they'd already put out. Yeah. What's the middle nowhere? Is that the one? Yes. What yeah. That called? was the big one with so the Mbop on it. Their indie recordings album, Three Car Garage, came out after that just to placate the fans that were so rabid for more Hanson. Okay. Uh, then we have Lenny Kravitz's Five. Yeah, yeah. That was a huge album. A huge. It had Fly Away. It had American Woman on it. What about uh, DMX? It's dark and hell is hot. Had the Rough Riders mm. anthem on it. Mm. A really great compilation album uh, that my sister had and listened to a lot. B-52's Time Capsule. Oh. Songs for a Future Generation. That was nice. um, a really good greatest hits album that combined like old and new, all of their big this, hits. This was the same month. Yes, the as, same wow. month as this garbage <laughs> album came out. All of these albums are. A few other personal favorites. So Tori Amos from the Choir Girl Hotel came out. Um, Jeff Buckley, Sketches from My Sweetheart, The Drunk. Those are just personal favorites, though. But anyway, all those albums came out in May of 98. Wow. Yeah. Did you dive into the backstory at all? Of this album? Of Well, just of garbage. Oh, uh, I didn't. Good. <laughs> <laughs> because I did. And I didn't. And I didn't know if we were going to double up or not. So I think... Everybody who knows anything about Garbage knows that the vocalist is Shirley Manson. And she's got a very distinct and, in my opinion, great voice. And what's also interesting about her is that a lot of times when someone from overseas, not America, sings, they can lose their accent. Sure. But some of hers comes through. When she sings. And I really, I really dig that. I think that that's awesome. She, uh, she came from Edinburgh, uh, Scotland, Mm -hmm. and she was actually originally in a band called Goodbye, Mr. McKenzie. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yeah, Mr. McKenzie. And then that band was having some issues, and I believe someone ended up leaving, and then that left a few of the members and so they formed a side band called Angelfish. Okay. That band, Angelfish, had a single called Suffocate Me that landed on MTV's 120 Minutes one time. Just just one airing of that music video. And that was when Steve Marker, who plays guitar and keyboards... Uh, he just so happened to be watching it and I think maybe even recording it. And he went to Vig and Erickson, uh, the the other band members, and yes. said, hey, we should audition this person for our vocalist. We should poach this vocalist from this yes. other band <laughs> yes. to join our band. And that's, they, that's kind of, you know. Yeah. That's what <laughs> I do. All right. When I'm I, looking for actors, well, I go to other shows. Well, and all the guys in the in the <clears> band... They're, and I can give some more backstory later, but they're all basically producers. Yeah. And and not bad ones. And so it was like something was destined to come out of this. Right. And so I assume that this is fairly accurate, but I'm going to read this basically from Wikipedia. This is Shirley Manson's Wikipedia page. Okay. So it's said that Vig invited Manson to their studio 
uh, which is Smart Studios, which a couple of uh, the band mem- band members started together All previously. Right. They invited her in to sing on a couple of tracks. After an unsuccessful audition, she returned back to Angelfish. Manson admitted she felt intimidated, showcasing herself to Vig, who produced bands that she admired so much, such as Nirvana, Sonic Youth, and the Smashing Pumpkins. And Vig added that the audition's disorganized nature, along with the Americans not understanding Manson's Scottish accent, caused communication problems. And at the end of the live tour, uh, Angelfish imploded, and Manson returned back to Smart for a second try, and she began to work on the then skeletal origins of some of the songs, and the band then officially invited her to be a full-time member. Because we are discussing their... Uh, second studio album. Yeah, I thought that it might be okay to play just a couple quick clips from the first album. Sure, just in case anybody listening has no idea what we're talking about. Although I'm not sure why you would click the episode if you didn't. So first of all, a huge hit that they had was this one, "Stupid Girl." recall garbage coming on the scene at all i remember hearing some of the some of the songs i definitely remember this one yeah yeah i think my first uh recollection of garbage was from the romeo and juliet soundtrack oh yeah which song did they use in that number one crush they did yes that was a big song hey i knew that answer off Uh, the top of my head my daughter actually put that on her one of her spotify lists as one of her favorite songs yeah she does like that i knew i liked that kid uh wait i will play a bit of the chorus just because i feel like i have to So that was one that I wanted to play a little bit of. And uh, the other one that I thought might be something that people recognized would be this one. Anybody that knows me knows that I'm very excited when a song starts with part of the chorus. So <laughs> <laughs> it's right there at the beginning, and uh, there it was. So that was their debut album. And uh, now we are going to move on to the album of the hour, which is Garbage Version 2.0, which to me, it it's funny because... In 1998, we were very much of a time where everything was like beta or 2.0 or Mm -hmm. 3.0. And that's it kind of reminds me of that. And let's get into track number one. This is Temptation Waits.
What did you guys think of this one? I thought it was a great way to kick off this album. There is no doubt that this is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I, I kind of bounce back and forth. If I was to, you know, I'm all about resequencing if I feel yes, like it's needed. Right. I don't know if this was the best song, but I also have interesting feelings about this song because before I owned this album, I owned the Buffy the Vampire Slayer album mm. and this song was on there. Yeah. And uh-huh. so I always associate just because of the the order of events and how it happened for me, I always associate this song with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And um actually, this song was also licensed to Angel, which was a spin-off of Buffy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was licensed to Dawson's Creek. Dawson's Creek. And and also the Sopranos. Oh, really? So this was used in all of those. I don't know. That's <laughs> I so know weird. that that is a similar face to what Why I made all when of I wrote shows that. be like we all want the same song in it. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. That's interesting. And yeah. this song. I mean, this wasn't even rele- released as a single. Yeah. Right. So it's interesting that they chose this that one. Is interesting. And it just kind of I don't know, had a life of its own without it being a single. But you know, it is cool <laughs> lyrically. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> This does a lot of comparisons between falling in love and being addicted to drugs. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Considering the Buffy Angel rela- relationship and basically That's true. the way those work, this yeah. song, right? Pretty appropriate for that. Yeah. I maybe this is maybe this was a good one to start with because I felt like one of the things that I really noticed when it starts is that the sound is ricocheting back and forth mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. headphones mm-hmm. that was the first thing i noticed about this song so i almost felt like it was like hey we're just making sure your headphones work we're just getting <laughs> you, we're getting you warmed up ready for our album you know so i <laughs> well it worked anything, yeah absolutely worked uh so yeah that that's the main thing that i would say about this i love the song mm-hmm. but i'll never not associate it with buffy the vampire slayer yeah. just because i was so into that and and I was exposed to, I mean, I think I had watched Buffy, but I wasn't as into it at the time as I was later on. But still, I think I was even working at Target. And I was like, oh, this looks like an interesting album. So I, I bought the Buffy soundtrack and I'm like, all right, rock on. And it was like a bunch of good songs in there. Yeah. But because I didn't have this album, I hadn't heard it elsewhere. So. It is can what I, it is. Can I just mention that I had forgotten that you also worked at Target? Yes. <laughs> you can mention that. Um, Lance and I have worked at the same places, but at different times. Yep. <laughs> Multiple places. It would have been funny if it did overlap. It would. Hey, how would you guys like to go to track number two? Let's do Let's it. Let's do it.
I love this song. Who caught the Shakespeare reference? Um, I did not. I didn't either. So the line in the song is, if I should fail, if I should fold, I nailed my faith to the sticking pole. Oh. Which is a reference to Macbeth's screw your courage to the sticking place. Do you just go to a site that says all of the Shakespeare <laughs> references that are out there? Do you know? Or did, or did you legitimately hear it and be like, hmm, that sounds... Familiar. No, it's to, the uh, annotated <clears throat> stuff, uh, lyrics site oh, okay. that I find. So it was annotated, but I did recognize it well, as well played. when I saw it. Because uh, I love Macbeth. Fair enough. Sam. Yeah. Uh, during the intro, when I heard this at first, I was I wouldn't have been surprised if Cheryl Crow started singing when it kicked in. <laughs> oh, yeah. For some reason, I just heard, like, I could have heard, like, Cheryl Crow doing something. I don't know why that popped into my brain, but it did. I like the dynamic between verse and chorus. I mean, one of the best parts of this album is I think I'm paranoid, and it kicks yeah. in with the guitar, you mm -hmm. know, and it's just that heavy. It's hard. It hits you hard. It's fantastic. Uh, like that part. Uh, I like at the end how her voice sounds different for the kind of the outro bit of the song, that steal me, deal me bit that it ends yeah. with. Her voice sounds like completely different. Um, I thought that was interesting how they, how she was just like either made her voice sound that way or, I mean, we talked about how they're all producers. Yeah. So perhaps maybe they uh, put some effect on her voice. But anyway, um, I just thought that was kind of a, an interesting touch too. If you ever want to dive further into garbage listen to beautiful garbage that's a funny thing to say <laughs> yeah is. we're, we're going to probably have a few, a few things like that today. <laughs> it's fine. it just sounds funny they're yeah. used you to want to dive into some garbage by the way it was when they were rehearsing <clears throat> and just kind of getting the ball rolling yeah one of their friends said it sounds like garbage <laughs> and so they Rolled with it. Good for them. And went with the name. And I even saw, I want to say it was in that documentary uh, that, that that's online. I'll, like I said, I'll send you the link. I wish I could find like a DVD of it or something yeah. uh, just to buy it to su support them somehow like through their website. But I, I don't think it, it exists for some reason. Yeah. But um, they have clips from MTV of mm. even like Kurt Loder bringing them up for like the first and, and referencing just how funny of a name oh, that it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's you're I'm telling you, you're, you're going to love that documentary. Cool. Did you find who licensed this song? No, I did oh. not. Well, well, guess what? What? I did. Nice. <laughs> it's uh, on the 2007 rock band game. It is oh, available to play. Nice. Okay. That's the only reference. That's I was more I of a guitar hero guy, oh. not so much mm, rock band. Okay. Uh, one time, I got shin splints from playing the drums on rock band. That's <laughs> funny. One time, I played <laughs> rock band with a group of friends, and I got stuck with the drums, and so, that's wait, when wait, I realized <laughs> stuck with the drums. But I was so well versed at guitar in Guitar Hero, <laughs> and I couldn't. I, I like you need to warm up to the drums, man. Yeah. And yeah, I couldn't do true. it. We were like playing fucking psycho killer or something. <laughs> and yeah. I was not good oh. at it. I think we might have failed just because of what I was doing. We should do a B side that's just us playing rock band. 
I have it. I'm sure people just want to hear that. Like, <laughs> like hitting the drums and pushing buttons. Yeah, that'll be Oh, yeah, my God. No, if, you, if you were here, you would like it. Trust me. <laughs> Sounds much better if you're here. Uh, anyway, I think I'm paranoid. Probably one of my favorite music videos that they did, all in black and white. It's just, it's a great fucking song. However, I'm not sure that it's my favorite from the album, mm-hmm. which means that that one might be coming up maybe soon. I guess we'll see. It's it's a little convoluted. I'm I'm still not sure I know which one is my absolute favorite. And I know that we like to dive into that, but but we'll see. Did you know that they were sued over this song? I didn't know that. Go I on. I learned that today on the one website I looked at. Really? <laughs> um, they were sued by American Breed. Okay. If you pull up, if you want to pull up the song, it's called Bend Me, Shape Me. Mm, that does sound <laughs> very similar. <laughs> and it's a familiar, I, I recognize the song when I listen to it. So who won? It was dismissed as a nuisance suit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. I've heard I that mean, song before, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, I did you see the movie Bad Times at the El Royale? <clears throat> I sure did. It's in that. Okay. Because that's where it pulled up. Oh, yeah. I, that's where I, I found it as well. Yeah. I, I love that fucking movie. Though. It was a great movie. Oh, yeah. And I actually thought <clears throat> recently that I should rewatch that because I enjoyed it when I watched yeah, really it. Good. Um, yeah, I did not know that. Well played. Okay. Thanks. You have stumped the stumper. <laughs> anyway, track three. love this album so much mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it i it's another one of those i just regret that i didn't buy sooner you know what i mean yeah it's and i love i know we talked about this separately uh not uh, not here tonight but i just i also love how 90s it sounds mm-hmm. like you know like the alt 90s and yeah. and i i don't know it's this one uh, could be one of the contenders for my favorite song hmm. on this and words cannot express how cool it is when they start playing this song live yeah. in front of everybody it's just it's such a fun song to sing along to hmm. it's just so good what do you got veronica i think this is my favorite song on this album yeah um this is the one that feels like 90s teen movie 
Yeah. And <laughs> it really I even, does. Yeah. I was talking to Lance earlier <clears throat> this week and I said, is this one in Clueless? And I looked it up. It is not. It is in Big Daddy, the Adam right. Sandler movie. Yeah. Oh. I also thought it was interesting. This has, when I was listening to this this time, I kept going back and going, man, this sounds like something else. What is it? Yeah. It's the opening number to Heather's The Musical. Oh, so really? they have to have been at least somewhat, I don't know if it was consciously, but inspired by garbage when they wrote Beautiful for Heathers. Yeah. Because there's a lot of similarities. Beautiful. There. Nope, wrong song. <laughs> no, not that one? Okay. Sorry. You know it's true. Uh, my no- it's funny that you mentioned the 90s uh, teen movie because my note on this is sounds like the theme song for a 90s TV show. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. It really it does. And it's such a di- it's such a dynamic switch from the way it begins to just like kicking into that, you know, like super fast like 16th beat that's happening. So, yeah. I don't know anybody that can not like this song they don't rub it in your face Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it comes and it goes Mm -hmm. and it's just enough between these songs i want to say some other stuff that i found out about the uh the band members so we've got shirley duke steve and butch Mm -hmm. so now duke plays guitar and bass and I don't know if you remember this band, Sam. Uh, I did not. Uh, he formed the band Spooner okay. in 1974. Do you know Spooner? I don't. Neither did I, so don't feel bad. But um, Oh, and he also plays keyboards. Mm. Uh, but later in Spooner, uh, later Butch joined Spooner as the drummer. And okay. so that's how the two of them first got acquainted. Uh, oh. uh, yeah. Acquainted? Yeah, there. That's what the word I was looking you for. You said in 1974. In 1974, dude, how old was this guy? Exactly. So I don't know. Like, I need to. I need to look that up. But I. I did not. But I knew that wow. they were older than Shirley was. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Shirley, I think, was born in '66. Okay. So yes, and so once Spooner was done, then they were in a band called Firetown. Okay. And I think Firetown was formed in 1986. Okay. Then I've heard of Firehouse. They're a hair metal band. Different. A little different. <laughs> okay. And that was, was all she wrote. That's I was going to say. Right? Bye bye, baby. Bye bye. Yep. Okay. That was all she wrote. <laughs> that's the only song I can think of, too. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, finally found the love of a lifetime. Oh, yes. That that's right. right? I do ballad. remember that. I think more iconic <laughs> than the songs themselves was the cover. Yes. To that album. Yeah. But it's probably just because they put a pretty girl on it. Right. So uh, that is uh, Duke Erickson, who I was talking about. Now, on guitar and keyboards, we have Steve Marker. And he is the one that actually saw Shirley Manson late at night on MTV's 120 Minutes, which was like they kind of specialized in showing alternative music videos that's exactly what it was yeah yeah D- did you ever watch that oh absolutely all the time yeah that show was basically it had this guy called matt pinfield who was the host oh i remember and Matt. he was this 
I could do a little Matt Pinfield riff, but he used to he used to <laughs> talk for it. he used to talk like this. And basically, what he would do is say, "Oh, you know Dave Grohl, the drummer for Nirvana." Well, anyway, yeah. he uh, he knows this guy called uh, Dave uh, Wilson who works down at the uh, barbershop. and uh, you know that guy. Uh, what he does is uh, you know he uh, cuts hair for uh, somebody you may have heard of called uh, uh, Nile Rodgers, who uh, on, by the you way. know produced uh, some disco albums and was in a band called Chic, who. Uh, yeah, anyway, he was he's, like, he's, he's not even like riffing this. This is something that Sam memorized. Right. No, but here's the thing about Matt Pinfield. He would do like this seven degrees of like Kevin Bacon thing with yeah. like every musician. And he would tie like some musician, you know, to somebody that, you know, and you would have no idea how he did it, but it would be this complex thing. Anyway, he was really smart and knew a lot of people. But uh, yeah, it was all based on like really like up and coming bands and like all focused on alternative music. It was great. So this particular night, and like I said, the legend has it that they played the video for this song, Suffocate Me by Angelfish, which Shirley Manson was doing backup vocals for the previous band. And so then she was getting a little bit more attention. So she was doing lead vocals in Angelfish. And so I wanted to play the song for you. Definitely, like it's Ooh. it's darker. I like like it. yeah. That no, was, it's it's good. But shit. so that's the thing is that he's sitting there. Either he recorded it and watched it back later, or he was just watching it live, and just to see the music video and to to hear the way that she sounds and be like, this is a person that we need. Yeah. She even said in interviews, like looking back, how crazy it was that she just left her country. Mm-hmm. and and auditioned and yeah. you know granted it didn't work out right away but it definitely worked out yeah it's crazy it's also interesting that it didn't take the first time they got together yeah and then you know like some time passed and they tried it again and it worked like isn't that crazy to think about like in this day and age where i feel like everybody's so impatient just to like get things together and like make things Mm -hmm. happen you rush it yeah when you think about like when you hear stories about bands where they're like oh well we tried this one audition and it didn't quite work but then like two years later we just happened to meet up again and decided let's get back together and then we became the biggest band ever right when i hear stories like that i'm like something like that would never happen now yeah there's just Mm -hmm. no way so that's, there's that's there's really no patience. No, anymore. exactly. Really interesting. In the documentary that I told you about, there's a oh, I'm an, I'll play this clip. They make it seem like this is right after they had had her join the band. Yeah. And and it's a bit of them in the recording booth. You'll never doubt this thing you'll never doubt. 
It was a high-pressured scenario for me, and I, I was really worried that I wasn't up to the task. I feel like I'm... Fuck off! I feel like I'm not singing. I think I'm doing the half-step now instead of the whole step. Quite frankly, we were equally terrified of her. I mean, we didn't know how it was going to develop. We were trying to feel each other out, how far we could push each other. I was a bit intimidated by who they were and their abilities. I don't think we gave her any direction at all. I think Shirley was working on some of the first tracks and, and the three of us were sitting around drinking beer wondering what should we do, what should we tell her? And now it's the, the exact opposite, I think, that people would think three producers would be telling someone. But luckily it, uh, it all worked out. So yeah. Oh, that was cool. Whoa. There you go. Yeah, okay. yeah, very cool. Wow. Let's move on to, you know what I don't like? I don't like that Spotify doesn't put the track numbers there because a lot of albums, they would have the numbers next to the mm -hmm. songs. And for a situation like this where I'm trying to tell you what track number it is, I have to count. Anyway, this is number four. This is Medication. down track number four what do we think about medication uh i like the lyrics of this song a lot mm -hmm. yeah um i really enjoyed reading through those i read that uh, shirley had given a interview in 2005 to blender magazine and they asked her what medication she was on <laughs> yeah and she said I'm so chock full of pills, I liter <laughs> literally couldn't even tell you how many I take. <laughs> she said, it's frightening. I have pills to fix everything. And then um, when they asked her if they were working, she said, you tell me. <laughs> That's fucking great. I thought it was really funny. There, I saw that quote too. That's there's great. a part. I did not see that. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, that's why I love when you guys look up stuff as well. That's so cool. Uh, in the documentary in one of her dressing rooms or whatever, she had like a, a big kind of like oversized dresser that I was really impressed with. And because it, in my personal life, in my room, I do not have enough room in drawers for any of my shit. So I was like, I want that dresser. But anyway, she's going through like drawer by drawer and showing uh, also hanging up in her closet some of her outfits that she really prefers to wear on tour and stuff that's been in like music videos and stuff that's been given to her but she gets to yeah. the top drawer and she was like and these are all my drugs <laughs> <laughs> but she was like all legal but these are my drugs so it was pretty funny yeah I love how they slow it down here and I do like the lyrics but it reminds me of how what she can do is the same thing that Amy Lee can do in Evanescence. 
where th- they both have a very different disposition than what they present in a lot of their songs. And that doesn't mean that they don't have stuff like in their past or behind them, but especially when you watch interviews and such with Shirley, you know, she's typically very, very happy, but she can bring up these emotions and and talking points in songs like this where it's a lot heavier and you can feel it you know within yourself um i don't know if there's a better way to say that but that's i i like that and and one of the other bands that i would liken that same thing to would be evanescence and in my opinion that's high praise i also read that part of this song was inspired by when she came to America and got sick the first time. Yeah. Because she was so confused by how the healthcare system works. So she wasn't really sure how to handle that and ended up like in the waiting room somewhere and just went, Oh, I have a song (laughs) and started writing it down. That's, I didn't even think about that. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So now we are going to move to the next song. This is if I'm counting correctly. Thank you, Spotify track number five. This is, special. Surprise, surprise, also might be my favorite song. It's a good song. It's a great fucking song. The video's a little crazy. (laughs) I don't know if you watched that. Mm -mm. She's basically in a fighter jet the whole time. Like you do. It's like you do. But there's a story to it. It's cool. I appreciate it. It's of the time. But yeah, this one is another contender for my favorite song. And I honestly just don't know. There's one more that might be my favorite, but I don't. Um, special. They can all be your favorites. Thank you. I appreciate that. I don't think you know what favorite means. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Debbie Downer over That's here. That's what you said to me one time. <laughs> uh, I sometimes can be a Debbie Downer. That's my bad. Uh, this song was also featured on an episode of Dawson's Creek. They they like them some garbage over there, they do. don't they? This album came out like in prime Dawson's Creek mm-hmm. time, yeah, like the late nineties. So. But I, I mean, like this was a Pacey and Andy relationship song because mm-hmm. it's pretty negative. <laughs> yeah. I'm 
I'm going to pretend like I know what you're talking about because I don't. Dude, you need to watch Dawson's Creek. Is it too late? Did I miss it? Probably. Like, it, yeah, you know, I, I tried to rewatch a couple episodes. And I couldn't it's a little do rough. It. It's a little <laughs> rough. Yeah, you know, the other depressing thing about that is that if you try to watch it now, it doesn't have um, the Paula Cole song as yeah. the intro. Oh, that's so weird. Licensing thing, yeah. Like, that fucking kind of just pay for it, people. So what yeah. you do is you mute it and then you wait. sing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, some talented people on that show. Yeah, for sure. Um, special. I'm and I'm just straight up going to read this because I don't want to mess it up. It was released as the album's third single, and this is interesting. The track contains a vocal interpolation of a lyric taken from Talk of the Town by The Pretenders. Yeah, love that band. Chrissy Hind um, from The Pretenders. I love love her voice. Great voice, yeah. Yeah, yeah, some good good stuff. Yeah, I thought that, I I read that and I made it as a note too, which I thought was interesting. And when I read about it, they said that it was a interpolation of the lyric because I didn't know what interpolation meant, so I had to look it up. And apparently it means when you use a melody or portions of a melody from a previously recorded song, but you re-record it instead of sampling it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. I, I had to look that up. But, well, and there's another one of those coming yes. up. Yes, yeah, there is. So it says, commercially, special reached number 15 in the UK. A lot of their songs were doing better overseas than yeah. they did here. I was yeah. noticing a lot of that. And which was kind of surprising to me. Maybe we just weren't ready. I, I, I like. I, I remember it being new for like an alternative group to have a female lead, yes. and like we had garbage and we had hole. Yeah. Like who else did we have really that that was actually you know with this much guitar and this much. Yeah. of a heavy alternative sound Probably to them. not with that heavy of a sound. I remember the band Sneaker Pimps. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, them, yeah. You know, Six Underground. Six Underground, yep. yeah. Um, that, I remember having their album and um, that being, you know, pretty significant. I listened to that a lot, but um, yeah, I mean, that were really popular. Uh, I don't know. That's that's tough. If I thought about it more, I might be able to come up with some more names, but yeah, not, not a lot, it doesn't seem like. I can't remember, but did they have trouble finding a place for them on the radio I, as well? Yeah, I mean, because I think the fans found them right. one way or another, right. and then they they had them hooked. But if they don't have a home for their music anywhere, I mean, here in Ames we had one hundred five one, yeah, at the time, yeah. So they would sprinkle them in. But if you didn't really have a good home for this music. Then it was just it was hard for word to spread. Yeah, I was going to ask you because I didn't remember really hearing them on the radio that much. So I was no. going to ask you if you it wasn't if you it did. wasn't a lot. Okay, yeah. no, we had a radio station for alternative music. Did you? But know? what? Right. So what I was saying was because you weren't in the room at the time. I wasn't, <clears throat> and that's okay. We, that's all right. <laughs> this is you can feel comfortable to do whatever you need to do in this house. The thing <laughs> you don't is, want to know what I just did in this house. <laughs> no what i was saying was was it hard for them to find a home on radio because maybe the stations that would have been a great home for garbage were so i mean like if you look at spotify and you look up 90s alternative it is all male yep like straight on down the line because typically it's associated with grunge right right so that's kind of where it generally goes 
And, and this is a mix of essentially rock music plus electronica. Yeah. You know, and it's very expertly produced. I mean, especially it's, it's, because of Butch, Butch Vig. Sure. And, and and we could get into some of the albums he's produced if you want to, because yeah. it's a it's a stunning list. But yeah, we were talking about this like crystal clear production and it's rock and it's electronica. And maybe I think it was one of the first bands that kind of mixed that so well. Right. That maybe it was just one of those things where people weren't really sure what, to, where, where to, if where to play it fit? on the radio, yeah. where do they fit? And if, yeah, like, is this something I'm supposed to be into? Do I really understand what's happening here? Because several years later, when electronic music was big, it was like, oh yeah, garbage. You know, they were awesome. Yeah. Well, and I'm, <laughs> I'm no, I'm no expert, but I feel like had they gotten the right type of exposure, they would have been even bigger. But I, I know that I'm biased Probably. to them because I, I love the band. Yep. But I, I feel like they should have been just as big as Alanis Morissette. Like, I see no reason why that couldn't have happened. But it, but but it must have been the sound that was holding them back because they couldn't find a home it's, at that particular time. One of the notes that I made that I was going to bring up later, I think, but it may be worth talking about now, is that it is busy. There, yeah. There's a mm-hmm. lot going on. It's in, a lot in, of in overlapping this, tracks. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of stuff happening in this music. And so I can see where that maybe wouldn't be you know, really pleasant for like every ear. Like some people might just be kind of like, this is a little too much. It's a little overwhelming. There's I a believe, lot happening here. Yeah, I believe Marty McFly said it best. <laughs> Perhaps you guys aren't ready for this yet, yeah. but your kids are going to love it. Yeah. Pretty sure he said maybe you aren't ready for that yet, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, fine. Um, anyway, should we go to the next track? Yeah. This one is called Hammering in My Head. I mean, we were just talking about it. This basically hits the uh, hammer on the head, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> this track is called Hammering in My Head. And this is a classic example of how hard they were hitting it. And granted, this wasn't released as one of the singles. And rightfully so, radio was not ready for this track. But that you can just hear how many things are happening in this song right. all at once. Yeah. This reminds me of another album that came out around the same time that I purchased uh, called The Fat of the Land by the group Prodigy. Uh, mm. y- you bought that. Oh, I did. Yeah. I have a funny story about how I bought that. I'll share very quickly. 
I was, I used to, uh, you know, watch TV late at night as a kid. And I was watching MTV one night and fell asleep with it on. And I woke up in the middle of the night and Firestarter by Prodigy oh, was on MTV. Man. So it was like, boom, cha chicka chicka boom chicka. And I was just like, um, You're like what the fuck what is the shit is going on? <laughs> like, I didn't know what the fuck was happening. So um, what happened was, is I got up the next day. I turned my TV off and tried to fall asleep um, after the adrenaline wore off. And then <laughs> I went to the record store and bought the album the next day. <laughs> wow. So they sold you. They totally did. That's yeah, great. By waking me up in the middle of the night. Yeah, no, I, I started like dancing uh, when this song came on because it sounded like, uh, like '90s video game music to me. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, it just sounded like something you'd be like. I don't know. There'd be like a fight going on. You know. It also could very much have ended up in a rave that uh, you might have attended yeah, in yeah, the 90s, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, kind of a la the movie Go, perhaps. Oh, I love but that but then but then mid song and a couple times they they slow it down and break it down for yeah. a second in the song. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, one one drawback on this one. Uh, there is some spoken word shit happening in this song. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's never and good. we know how opinion. you feel right. about that. I totally understand. But, Anyway, do you have anything on this one, Veronica? I have a lot on this one. So first of all, <laughs> that's actually surprising. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> first of all, I love the way they put the distortion on her voice mm. on the vocals. That's yeah. really cool yeah. and very 90s and very alternative. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that's something she did on her own. <laughs> that would be quite <laughs> the talent. <laughs> you don't know. Maybe she did. That's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I also love the bridge on the song because yeah. it's like hitting you so hard and then you get a break mm -hmm. and then it builds back up it's really great mm -hmm. uh do you know where the title came from no would you like to yes shakespeare titus andronicus <laughs> oh my god vengeance is in my heart death is in my hand blood and revenge are hammering in my head nice titus andronicus hmm. well played I told you it was going to get Veronica. nerdy over here. Yeah, you weren't kidding. <laughs> wow. That's I wouldn't have I wouldn't have even known to look for that. That it was on the one website. On the, <laughs> just, just the website I was checking out. No big deal. Anything else? That's all I got. Yep. All right. Let's see. We're at 1 2 3 4 5 6. This is track number 7 and this is called Push It.
thoughts on Push It? Um, this is not a salt and pepper cover. <laughs> it is, it's very That's different. what I noticed right from the get-go. <gasps> However, she, when she says push it in that kind of breathy voice, uh, I was kind of like, why didn't they just like have salt and pepper included? <laughs> but one interesting thing I found yeah. is that uh, a writing credit actually went to uh, Herbie Azor, who wrote the Salt and Pepper hit "Push It." Wow! Because uh, the song used enough elements from that one to warrant the credit. Awesome! And so, they didn't want to get sued again, right? <laughs> but does that? But does it like? Does a credit mean that he gets something from it? Oh yeah. Or, a okay. portion of the yeah, it gets a portion nice. of, of whatever proceeds yeah. they get from it. Now there was another uh, co-writing credit because of. You're taking uh, all my notes. Oh, I am. <laughs> yeah, you no, do the no. next. No, you do the next one. That's fine. You do the next one because there is another writing. <laughs> because I, that, that gets I believe I know this one. The only other note I had on this is that I feel like this song needs to be like, if you read the lyrics and you listen to it, it's like I'm pretty sure this was on some people's like workout playlist. Oh fuck like, yes. Right? Like it just sounds like one, on one of those songs. So Push it. that's what I got. So what Sam was going to say that I also found was that uh, the one of the writers for the Beach Boys yes, was also credited Brian Wilson. on this. And interestingly enough, while they do not use the sample in the song like they originally intended, mm -hmm. they do use it when playing live because she can't sing twice at once. Now, <laughs> you guys are stealing all of my shit because that's what I had. In this, in, I'm going to bring it up again because I really want you to watch it. The documentary, they end up like they, they discuss that, how originally they had the sample mm -hmm. and they decided it was just best if Shirley recorded the vocals, yeah. which they did. And they ended up someplace, some live gig where Brian Wilson was there. And they, <laughs> and they, Probably an they were like, they house. were trying to like, they didn't want to make it weird for him. So they didn't go up and like get him on camera or anything like that. But what they did was two of the guys from the band stood there where you could see Brian Wilson behind them. <laughs> and they're like, there he is. <laughs> and, That's not weird. <laughs> and there was, they did have an interaction with him later where they said, oh, hey, we're so-and-so from Garbage. And, and he just very much glossed over the situation, even though he knew knew about it or, or whatever, yeah. and just was like, oh, nice to meet you, and then continued living his life. So um, song sounds great. This is number three. And I'm going to say the final one that is a contender for my favorite song. And I keep bouncing back and forth on all of these three. Part of the reason why I love this one so much is what happens when they do it live. Mm. And how they just amp it up when it gets into that chorus. And I mean, you're talking like they just throw everything out there, like the strobes and everything. And it's just so immersive and cool and i i don't do know you, i fucking love that song do you know what 
television show used this song? No. That would be a little little known show called uh, Dawson's Creek. Oh, for real? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Man, they just don't let up. It, yeah, there's. I know there's at least one more that gets used in a TV show coming up. So it's. Don't worry, I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, anyway, it's interesting. Yeah, how many of their songs were used by uh, like in entertainment? Yeah, you know. Uh, purposes i guess that's really interesting but that was also not saying that they don't do it now yeah but that was like just prime time for them to take songs from just pop culture yep and insert them in like kind well, of a la beverly hills 90210 like, you know yeah. granted buffy, this is a little later sure. but yeah buffy did it they buffy had used a tons whole, of music well and they had a space for a band so they would do they right? would go yeah. into the club and then there would kind of like what the latest playing. twin peaks did, yeah, where they would showcase Charmed somebody. Right. Did it too. Yeah, it was P3. all those WB shows. Yep. It was like, and I think bands were probably just like, yeah, fucking put me on your show because they knew like a ton of people or their target audience were going to be watching. Yeah. So it made yeah. sense. Let's move on to the next one. This is the trick is to keep breathing. Based on a novel that she read, yeah, of the same title by Janice Galloway, and I did look up the author to see if there was anything else she'd written that I knew, and uh, I don't know any of her works, but uh, it seems like a good book. This was another song that they uh, typically play live, mm-hmm. and it's just nice to slow it down. I'm also going to say this: I don't know if you thought about it, but we brought it up earlier. Sounds pretty close to. Uh, Sneaker Pimp song. Does it not? Yeah. 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 It, it, like, it, when I listen to it, <clears throat> Six Underground, yeah. it, it varies. Not that there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, there's similarities. Uh, because because I, I, I love them both, but yeah. it this makes me think of that. Yeah. Uh, the one note I had on this was the WB crossover again. Apparently, an episode of One Tree Hill was named after the song. Oh, <laughs> that one I didn't have. Wow. It's a great song. It is really good. Um, it's also, I read a tribute to a friend of hers who was dealing with depression at the time oh. and in a bad relationship. And then she quoted the song in a congratulatory uh, like Facebook social media post to this friend yeah. years later when she got married. Yeah. So that's, 
was cool. No, she had, um, I and I might have actually even recorded it on my phone, I'm not sure, but she had some really cool things that she said in between songs, and I can't remember if it was before this one or not, but she talked about, like, it was a really nice message of not being dissatisfied with yourself and um she was saying how she used to think that you know she wasn't attractive and and all of this stuff that a lot of people and especially girls can go through as they're as they're growing up and she's now looking at it i want to say this year she's like 53 or 54 or something like i could be wrong but just basically you know saying how silly it was to think of those things and kind of like what you were saying and probably what that what that book was about but yeah i i just thought it was a really nice message that she had because i mean a lot of people you know at concerts they do do stuff like that but sometimes the stuff that they say is just bullshit but it you know she just seemed like she was relaying a lot of these experiences that she went through and was trying to do good by telling the story and i appreciated that let's move on this track is called dumb undecided on this song for a while but I do I do like it I appreciate it for what it is but it's not one of my favorite ones on the album did you find anything about the spoken word in this song I did not so I for Hanukkah found something that <laughs> none of us found I couldn't find any confirmation of it oh but I okay. did read that it said before the opening riff, a weird voice is heard. Yeah, it's a cab driver's radio that bled into the bass. Hmm. So oh. I couldn't tell if there was a part that I was missing or if it's the entire spoken part that they're doing at the beginning of the song. Hmm. I had not heard about that. <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. Use what you got. Yeah. yeah. My note for this song was ignorance is bliss. <laughs> yeah. Because she's talking about being dumb. But it, also, <laughs> it also reminded me of one time when I heard my my friend, uh, uh, I misheard my friend say something. And um, she was talking about some guy that she had met. And uh, I thought she said um, that she liked, I thought that she uh, was basically telling me that he was uh, hot and stupid. Um, and that's how she liked him or something like that. <laughs> She said something else, 
<laughs> and now I can't even remember what it was, but it, yeah. for some reason, because this song was called Dumb and she was talking mm. about Better Off Dumb, it just made me think of that. Uh, it makes no sense to anyone else. <laughs> but uh, We I have, have the association. Yeah, it I makes do. sense. Yeah. There's, a, there's a double meaning to the word dumb, too, so it's not... It It is better off stupid, but it's also dumb as in not speaking. Right. Yeah. Right. There's no song on this album that I don't like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this one is just lower, I think, because there's just, in my opinion, so many other killers. That's all I have to say about it. But I, uh, this is another one of those albums that I don't fast forward tracks yeah. when I listen yeah. to it. And likewise... I don't typically, I know on my most recent 90s playlist that I shared with you guys, Mm -hmm. I think it has some garbage songs on there, but I don't think that they're from this album. But uh, but if, because it's more of like a chill playlist or whatever, but if I was to put one on there, it would just be one of those things where I would hear it and then be like, well, now I want to listen to the album. So, yeah, it, it would just be basically teasing me. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to the next song. I assume Sam's favorite, Sleep Together. You got it. an addendum to something I said earlier. Of course. If I'm in the car with my children, I will skip this song. (laughs) I don't understand. Because sometimes my children just memorize lyrics out of the blue. (laughs) And these are not things that I need them to be singing in the hallway at school. (laughs) Even though they may not know the context. But just saying... This so sometimes I might skip this one, but uh, not if I'm flying solo. Hey, guess what TV show this one was on? Oh boy, Dawson's Creek. Seinfeld? You're right. Oh, <laughs> Dawson's Creek loved garbage. Apparently, it really did. Man, at least from the list I found. Wow. This song is just about sleeping together. Yeah, that's all. It's but <sighs> it's kind of devastating. I yeah. 
If we sleep together, will you like me better? Yeah. Ouch. I dug the uh, kind of creepy keyboard intro. Mm -hmm. I, thought that was, I thought that was cool. I well, like that. it's awesome, but it also makes it even more creepier when you think about like the context. Sure. And especially if you have, if you know somebody <laughs> that has said things that are very similar to this, yeah. it's weird. When during the verses too, I thought, I don't know why, but I mentioned the thing about Cheryl Crow earlier, but some when during the verses, I could I felt like I could hear maybe Bono or U2 doing something like this. Oh, you know, like, yeah. Like I could I felt like I maybe could have heard him singing along to this. I don't know why, just just something that went into my head. Isn't that interesting that your mind can go there though? I don't know. Like yeah. like who else could possibly right. you know, be a part of something like this? Yeah. I, I do the same thing. <clears throat> but I never thought about U2. That's no. all I got. It was on Dawson's Creek. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I think this whole album is just like a Dawson's Creek. This is Creek basically a Dawson's Creek uh, album, yeah. soundtrack. Yeah. Yep. Pretty much. <laughs> all right. We're going to move on to Wicked Ways. I believe this is track number 11 because yeah. there's only 12 <laughs> songs. <laughs> uh, I really wish they put numbers on this, man. Here we go. Wicked Ways. Edinburgh, Scotland. I wonder if she's Catholic. I don't know. Probably. There's a lot of Catholic references I was in gonna, this song. I, I was going to say yeah. not as Catholic as Alanis was because she <laughs> was way more upfront about that stuff. Yeah. One of my notes is talking about the God stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it got like a <clears throat> very strutty sound mm -hmm. to it, yeah. especially at the beginning. Yeah. And, uh, and then it gets harder. And I like it. You like, you like when it gets harder. I yeah. am a fan I also when enjoy it gets that. harder. You like that too? Okay. Yeah, that yeah. sounds good. Yeah. Big fans over here. Beneficial. Yeah. Um, I read that she said that this song is about infidelity, mm -hmm. which I thought was very interesting to follow sleep together. <laughs> yeah. That's like a whole other podcast that we could do, like, a, like on one of the B-sides about how you've interpreted songs in the past and then you find out what they're actually about yeah. mm -hmm. because you you make your own associations with your own life experience sure. and then you know project that onto a song right it's very interesting yeah um sam i want you to be able to dig into butch a little bit because oh. you said you had some notes well i you know if if you don't know 
I mean, Butch Vig is a pretty well-known music producer and produced some some really big albums from the 90s and even a couple from the 2000s uh, that I thought I'd point out. But he produced, uh, in case you don't know, he was the producer on an album from 1991 you've maybe heard of. It's called Nevermind <laughs> right. by a band called Nirvana. Sounds familiar. Yeah, he produced that. Uh, so there's that. He also produced an album in 1992 called Shamrocks and Shenanigans by House of Pain. Mm. <laughs> that that had jump around on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he produced uh, two albums by the Smashing Pumpkins, my two favorite Smashing Pumpkins albums. Nice. Uh, their debut, Gish, and the 1993 masterpiece, Siamese Dream. I love those albums. Anyway, yeah. uh, moving on. Oh, also two albums by Sonic Youth I like. Dirty experimental jet set trash and no star um check those out if you haven't and then uh 2009 he came back with green day's 21st century breakdown (laughs) he also produced i didn't uh, know that was him yeah that was him and he also produced uh one of our favorites that we've talked about on the show uh probably a couple of times wasting light yeah by the foo fighters in 2011 i'm gonna bring it up again the documentary two separate parts in it you see taylor in there and you see Dave Grohl. Oh, cool. A short-haired Dave Grohl. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, probably <laughs> if the, it was like late 90s. Yeah. 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 All right. We are going to play the last track. This is You Look So Fine. You look so fine. Guess what? What? This song was on Dawson's Creek. Damn it. (laughs) It's the last one. (laughs) Well, of course it's the last one. It's the last one on the album. Oh, gosh, it's the last one. Oh, my God. (laughs) My Seinfeld again. My bad. This was, well, 19... Informed the people. (laughs) Yeah. 1998, though, the year this album came out, it was the first first season of Dawson's Creek. Oh, So I think they probably were just like, let's just, this is a gold mine. Let's just yeah. keep going with it. You know? Well, and I, I would imagine once they established that they could use one or yeah. something, and if they like the sound, yeah. if it fits, right. go back. Maybe it was cheap. Yeah. yeah it might have been. Maybe Garbage was just like, yeah, do whatever you want. That I, I mean, if they swapped out Paula Cole at the beginning, did they also swap out songs during the show? Oh, that's a good question. Because I know they did that with the Wonder Years in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Because there was that infamous moment, the like breakup scene where they were playing R.E.M., but they took that out. Yeah. I don't know because I, I don't remember. I The reason I remember the Paula Cole thing is because I had to go back and watch <clears throat> some of those episodes for <laughs> a thing we were doing for trivia. 
Oh, right. Which I nailed. Did you? That, oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. That was a few years ago. but <laughs> We I, tried to stump you. That was the last time I went back and listened. And I don't recall if the music in the show was changed or not. Yeah. I, don't know. I just know some of them, they, they did that. Yeah. I <laughs> listened to this on my phone at work. So I had it playing. AirPods? Nope. Oh. Phone speaker. I don't approve. So this is, well, that's what I can do. This is the first time I listened to this song with headphones. Yeah. So anybody that is not listening with headphones right now, please go back and start right. and listen to this song again. Yeah. Because it did some weird things to my brain with the yeah. intro, and I really liked it. <laughs> I loved the intro. Um, it was another one of those uh, like um, uh, Sleep Together where I felt like it was like almost like a horror intro, like it would have been really good in like a horror theme yeah. or something. I thought that was cool. I was like that or the young and the restless, <laughs> <laughs> like something like that. Um, but I really dug the synths in this song mm-hmm. uh, that were going on throughout. I really, I really liked that. Also, a little pop culture thing here. Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt played this at their 2000 wedding as kind of a theme song. I guess they were mm. like playing it like more than once. During the wedding, they really dug it. Wow, I thought that was kind of um, interesting, especially because it's like, let's pretend happy end, like at the end of it. I mean, considering how things turned out, right? But I don't know if I'd be playing that at my wedding. But maybe they just really liked it. I guess they look so fine. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I I think I said this earlier, but maybe I didn't. If I didn't, shame on me. I cannot stress how much I love Shirley Manson's voice. I I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's not like she's not like an operatic singer, but I everything that she sings sounds great to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Um, which I mean is another reason why I love the album so much. Also, uh, going back to talking about Butch Vig, how do you feel about this album? Comparatively, I know it's newer to you, but you know, listening many years after the fact. But how do you feel like this holds up to some of those other albums that you love so much? Because he was the one that had a big hand in those as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I, you know, when I when I was looking at the list of albums that he produced, I could definitely see some some things sonically that I felt like were similar. So I wasn't shocked, you know, when I went back and looked at the list, I knew about nevermind and wasting light, of course, but yeah, then I dug in a little more and realized, Oh yeah, he did do both uh, of those smashing pumpkins albums. And then it totally made sense because experimental jet set trash and no star is a sonic youth album. I used to listen to, Mm -hmm. uh, quite a bit. Uh, I would suggest listening to a song called uh, bowl in the Heather, um, and you'll hear that and maybe it's not exactly the same style of music, but you'll probably hear some similarities. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's just some, some, uh, some, you can definitely tell it's butch. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. Well, it's neat in this and needs a weird fucking word to use. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. It's just my vocabulary, but I like that he didn't just produce this, mm-hmm. that he is a part of the band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that he, that he cares more. But he's right. just, you know, he's he's one fourth. How many bands back then were producing their own albums? I mean, yeah. I feel like not not a lot, you know. Right. I, I'm not sure that we've done any albums of anybody besides Prince, where it was yeah, where true. it was somebody that produced their own album. That's true. Know? Yeah. 
seems uh, like there's always someone else involved doing that. So, uh, I guess if we're wrapping it up, I, final thoughts on the album. It was great, and I will add it to the rotation. Nice. High praise. I I had nothing to do with creating this album, but I still feel proud. <laughs> you should. <laughs> um, yeah, I. one of the things we talked about before was how 90s this album mm-hmm. sounds. Yeah. And that was just one of the prevailing things as I listened to it a few times. I just kept thinking, wow, this is really an album of its time. Um, definitely felt some similarities of bands I was listening to at the time. Sneaker Pimps was one. Prodigy was another. I mentioned both of those. The other one was Stabbing Westward. Oh, um, yeah, that yeah. came out around the same time. That, Darkest Days. Yeah, all, all those all those bands, I felt like uh, it, was, it was similar to that. Yeah, fucking Sleep Together could have been right on that album. Yeah. Man. Um, production was tight, spotless, you know. It just, I mean... It was, you can definitely tell that the people did this were professional producers, totally. So, um, but I was, you know, as I said before, I was just glad that I kind of listened to this after all these years. It had been a long time that I had never, ever heard the whole album. So, well, this brings me great joy (laughs) because I love this album so much. They put out a deluxe version of the album a few years back and. I should have bought it on vinyl when it came out because it's <laughs> super expensive now, but I'm I'm going to get it. Much like Wayne in Wayne's World, she will be mine someday, <laughs> but I cannot afford it at the moment. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening to this album with us. When it comes to albums that I like so much, you know, I if I go back and I'm editing or listening to like the Alanis episode or certain ones, like even back to purple rain, Mm. I have so many things that are going through my head and I always forget stuff that I wanted to say. So undoubtedly there's going to be things like that, but, um, I had so much fun listening to this too. I mean, like I said, it's in my normal rotation anyway. So I, I listened to it a lot, but specifically for this and trying to find, interesting facts and all of that. That was, that was a lot of fun. And then it led me to finding that documentary, which I will share with you guys. And, um, you'll just have to YouTube it to your TV. Before we close, I have a question. Of course. Hey, Sam. Yes. What are we going to do next? (gasps) Oh, Oh, is this a thing that we're going to still do? (laughs) Good. Good. I thought so. I need hobbies. So, uh, here's the thing. Uh, this is interesting. While when when I walked in here tonight, I had it figured out okay. the album that I was going to suggest. But as we were listening to this album, I changed my mind. Oh, <laughs> uh, and I so I guess you could say the garbage inspired me in a way. Excellent. You were talking about how much you loved uh, Shirley Manson as a vocalist, yeah, and it made me think about some of my favorite vocalists, and um. I I was listening to some of the production on this album and how this, uh, I guess, this style of music was sort of like affecting me, kind of hearing it now again. Mm-hmm. And I decided that uh, I wanted to switch gears. So I did. Uh, I chose 
Uh, I got away from the from the nineties. We've done a lot of nineties. Okay, stuff. back up. Sorry, <laughs> that, that's we're going in a different we're direction. Out. <laughs> yeah. Shit. So it's a, it's an album from uh, from the eighties, uh, oh. nineteen eighty six to be more specific. Okay, and it's one of my all time favorite vocalists. Ooh. Um, and it's someone that used to be in a hugely popular band and left when they were at the height of their popularity uh-huh. and broke out on his own. Uh, and was very well known for detailed production and um, I think incredible vocals. I think I know who you're talking Do about. Ya? But Do I you? Do you want to guess? I don't want, but I don't want to be so an off idea, base. But I don't oh. want to be wrong either. Oh. Go, no, no, no. <laughs> Let me hear your guesses. <laughs> no. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. What do you got? Uh, I, first of all, I don't want to spoil it, but I also don't want to be there, super wrong. There, there's multiple choices here if you think about what I just said. So Was the person that you were talking about named Rick? No. Okay. I didn't know because everything you were saying described him. Oh. Okay. Uh, well, unless he didn't. I can't remember. Did he leave the cars? Uh, I think he did, but I think it was later. Okay. On. Gotcha. But still, I wasn't crazy. Yeah. Okay. Then well, I, then I don't know, yeah, yeah, but I thought, been, I thought maybe we were going to be listening to some cars music here, but anyway, not a bad guess. I was wrong. I was what wrong. Got? Has he ever written any musical theater? Yes. <gasps> Is his name? Phil? No, he's written soundtracks, <laughs> Is but <he>? okay. <laughs> he, he's does done, he, he's done soundtracks. Does Is he it? usually leave his jacket at home? No, it's not Phil Collins. It's fine. That's who I was guessing. (laughs) But he was in a band with Phil Collins. (gasps) I'm talking about Peter Gabriel. Oh, Um, I didn't know. That's what I. ah, Peter Gabriel. I was wondering, but I thought maybe they weren't in it at the same time. Yeah. Peter Gabriel, uh, one of my all time favorite vocalists. uh, Anyway, he did an album in 1986 called So. Mm. Um, And it's one of my favorite albums ever. And um, 10 years ago, I actually saw him in concert. And they played this album front to back. Sweet. Um, so anyway, was it? It was an anniversary thing. Yeah, or just... yeah. It was like an anniversary of the album. Sweet. So I thought we could talk about Peter Gabriel's album. So I for the next would time, love to do that. Cool. I I can't remember what year it was, but I bought. <clears throat> it was an all white cover, but it was like a greatest hits of his. Yeah, and it's I list. Yes, <laughs> I listened to the shit out of that and yeah. i don't know what happened to it because i don't think i sold it or anything it just it was one of those things that got misplaced yeah but uh, salisbury hill yeah salisbury hill's a good song man, so good yeah man i uh i need to be in the right right frame of voice but i love singing sledgehammer sledgehammer's for karaoke yeah yep yeah yeah this album has some hits on it uh as we will uh discover i'm not gonna give it away you'll have to go look at it but yeah um i'm yeah. excited yeah so we can talk about that next time sweet excellent well thank you everyone for listening if you made it through garbage version 2.0 with us and uh i think that's it i think we're done i don't know if you guys know this but we record these very late <laughs> so it's bedtime yeah i mean at least we had a little bit of a cold brew earlier uh, so that's good yeah we're, we're good we could go for another two or three hours i think I oh wow it's gonna be like that it is um to play us out I just because it's garbage even though it's not on the album I know sometimes I I switch it up and play different stuff but I'm gonna play a little bit of Cherry Lips Go Baby Go which is a garbage song that um is fantastic okay and going back to 
when we were talking about her doing different things with her voice. I think you're going to like it. So anyway, thank you, everyone. We will talk to you again soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. She gave you everything she had, but she was